Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, coming to you on the first business day of 2024. That's right, it is January the 2nd, the year of our Lord, 2024. Episode 557, it is a Texas Tuesday. That doesn't mean we're ignoring Texas, just that there's some other things going on. Before we get into the subjects of the day, let me remind you the best thing you can do to help me, to help us grow this podcast, to be heard, to make a difference, to improve the state of Texas, and quite frankly, the country saving the republic one state at a time. Yeah, that's right. You can like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And I know, I know, it's... It's a challenge, you know, smashing a couple buttons, but the subscriptions matter. The subscriptions drive the algorithm. If you go so far as to like and share it, that helps overcome the algorithm. And if you'll rate or review it, wherever your favorite podcatcher or social media is, that too helps a lot. You may recall I had a stretch goal of 250,000 downloads. Suffice it to say, it didn't come very close. I I think I ended up with 200 and hmm, let me let me jump in here real quick and take a look here just so I make sure I got the new latest and greatest number. Why? Well, because I have 239,500 or yeah, something like that. It what's funny to me is there are the entire last week, uh, not even barely triple digit downloads, which I really can't complain because there have been days when I first started that I had zero or one or two. But what's very intriguing, and this is why I say the subscription matters, the follow matters, is I have days where I might have nearly a thousand downloads on that episode. 800 to 1,000 was becoming the new average. And then I've got these days that pop out of nowhere with 12 or 14 or 16 or 19. And it makes zero sense. Zero. The only thing I can figure is they don't like the subject matter. They don't like the title. There's something about it that causes them to just not get it out there. Now, I realize I'm not Rush Limbaugh. I'm not Glenn Beck. I don't expect to have a couple hundred thousand downloads every year. I expect to keep growing. I expect to get at some point, a couple of thousand downloads per episode. I think that's a very reachable goal. Perhaps I'll have to invest some more time, more money, more marketing, something to get there, but we're on the right track. We are growing. We were lucky to get a hundred downloads when I started. Now we're routinely hitting 500. And lately the average had been jumping up to about 800 and several were a thousand, but these double digit download days make zero sense. So I need your help. I I need you to put in just a little bit of effort. I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for anything other than a share, a subscription, a follow. If you're feeling particularly motivated, that rate or review makes all the difference. I've taken enough of your time. Let's move on. Okay. So I know at the end of the year, I broke the news that the, uh, the Republican party, um, I guess, well, 
I want to be careful how I say this. I don't, I don't want to burn a bridge that I don't need to. But suffice it to say, they found a way out. Now, there would be some that would say they chickened out. There would be some that say they were acting cowardly. They were Some they would say they were duplicitous. There are some that would say lots of other things. I just choose to be positive. The Republican Party of Texas has issues. We have a multiple front civil war going on within the party between all sorts of different factions. And perhaps they were just looking to avoid to have one more divisive in their words topic on the ballot. Now, strangely enough, they're going to have out closing the primaries as a question to me. You don't even need to ask that question. The Republican party just needs to do it. And if the party won't do it, certainly the elected officials ought to do it. I mean, the primary should be controlled by the party in the first place. So why they have to ask anybody's permission to close the primary is beyond me, but that is the world we live in. Now, as I mentioned, the current revolt, I think did a a great breakdown on the 13 ballot questions, but somewhere along the lines, they couldn't find the energy, the gusto, the uh, manliness, the forthrightness to go forward and put the question of Texas on the ballot. I mean, I would actually have even been open to them doing whatever they wanted to do with the wording just so that they would put the question on there. 140,000. And even if I'm being extremely generous and saying 10,000 of them were frauds, which I don't believe in the least, but even if I said it was 10%, that would still be 14,000 were just done wrong. That still puts us way over the required amount as the Texas nationalist movement overperformed. Yet they found a way out. They exercised their loophole. They, they, they chickened out. They, they exercised extreme caution. Whatever your choice of phrase or turn of phrase might be, the fact of the matter is the Republican Party of Texas, in my opinion, missed a giant opportunity. If you want to drive voters to the ballot, if you want to get people excited, you have to give them something worthy of getting off their butts to go do that. Now, I got to tell you, the primary races, they look kind of interesting. And maybe that's the problem, right? They don't want to excite some of the radicals. They don't want to get people interested to go out. To They might upend things. They might toss some of these reoccurring elected officials that don't actually follow or believe in the platform or support the party or, I don't know, work for the grassroots. The party had an opportunity to stir things up a bit and they missed it. They had what should have been a layup to drive voter participation and they threw a brick. For those of you that follow basketball, I suspect that is meaningful to you. I look at it this way. It it should have been an extra point kick and they missed. I'm a little, a little bit more about football than basketball. That being said, the issue should not go away. The issue will not go away. And though I am not on any leadership team for the Texas nationalist movement, and though I am a member in good standing and I am a fan, I will say this now publicly. I implore the Texas Nationalist Movement 
rethink the strategy of suing the Republican Party. It's not going to do us any good, either as a Texas nationalist myself or as a Republican myself. Neither side wins. If you sue and you win, so what? If you sue and you lose, that's really bad. Better to just take the year and a half, build a bankroll, and come back and give them 300,000 signatures next time around. Better to beat them over the head with it, rhetorically speaking, at every precinct convention, at every Senate district convention, at the state convention. Make the party own this. We don't need to take our battle to the government. We don't need to take our battle to the courts. We need to keep it within the party. And and truth be told, the Democrat party has a similar situation and that the uh, Texas nationalists overperformed in their party as well. Now, they didn't reach enough to get on the ballot or even close to getting the ballot question. But again, let's redouble those efforts. This is something that everybody in Texas ought to be able to agree on. We want to put Texas first. Even if you don't support direct independence, you ought to support Texas being sovereign, Texas having control, Texas putting their own concerns first. First and foremost, yes, if we stay within the union, okay, fine. But if we're not a sovereign state and we don't act like a sovereign state, what point is it of being part of a union? You might as well just be a subdivision within the giant federal enormous bureaucracy, which we basically are now. Sadly, but that's what we're are. And if you doubt me, look no further than, that's right, the Texas border fix that isn't. Now, again, I want to give credit to the current revolt. They put out a pretty darn good article, a damning article, pardon the phrase, on SB4. Now, what's funny is I spoke with a couple of individuals who thought this might affect them. And so far as some of their family members go back and forth and they might be arrested. It it gave the Texas authorities power to arrest anybody that was brown. Their words, not mine. I don't believe that. I don't, I don't think that's true. And I told them that. And then I saw what got put out by current revolt. And it seems to be even worse. It's, it's a, it's a make us look good bill is all it is. It does nothing. It has no authority, no teeth, no action. And what's worse than that is the feds are suing us for us even believing we might have the ability to deport somebody that came here illegally. What kind of clown world are we in? What kind of trash world does this need to be that we can't protect our own borders? Hey, don't worry, though. We're going to spend tons of money and send volunteers over to both the Ukraine and Israel to protect their borders. But the Texas border doesn't matter. Because you don't matter. And it's not just the feds telling you that. It's our own state government. And sadly, it would seem that a majority of the Republicans in the state government feel the same way. You don't matter. And what's worse yet is really this hurts Mexico just as much as anybody else because they still get their brain drain. They still have to deal with the narco-terrorists that run chunks of that country it is clear that the government of mexico runs nothing it is the narcos 
That should be very concerning to you, especially if you live in Arizona, New Mexico, California, or Texas. Texas with the longest contiguous border with Mexico. We can't fix anything if we can't curtail the benefits that are to be had by smuggling people, by importing slaves. Oh, that's right. We're not supposed to call it that anymore. It's now human smuggling. No, it's slavery. It's modern day slavery. Let's be honest and call it what it is. Now, allegedly, we went to a war to end slavery once before, though I'm dubious and I don't appreciate those that are rewriting history to try and make Lincoln look better than he ought to, because really and truly, as Brian McClanahan has spoke of multiple times, this was two slave-holding republics fighting for control. The southern one wanted to be able to control themselves and go their own way, and the northern one wanted to subject their southern brethren and put them under the thumb of the federal government. And if you doubt me, look no further than the Emancipation Proclamation, the Emancipation Proclamation, excuse me, and the tyrannical government dictatorship, or shall I say military dictatorship, that was imposed upon the southern states after the conclusion of the war. Now, you can justify that a number of different ways, but all you need to know is everything that was passed from the constitutional amendments to the laws to the new state constitutions that were done during that time period was done under duress and by any standard should not be binding. But that's where we are at right now, right today. We can't even defend our own state, our own borders, and the people that we've elected to do so can't be bothered to do it. Look no further than SB4 if you doubt me. Or if you choose, we can look at it from a different angle. See, you can get transported to Central America from all over the world and they dump you there. And then you get apparently subsidized transport from every every country south of Mexico through Mexico right up to the Texas, New Mexico, Arizona and California borders. And then for a special bonus, if you make it to Texas... You might be lucky enough to get transported anywhere in this country, courtesy of the Texas taxpayer. That's right. Governor Abbott has determined that the best way to solve the problem is to keep shipping people to Democrat states. Well, that sounds funny. I mean, it was a good publicity stunt for maybe about a dozen or two. But to send thousands of people to Democrat states where they will then turn around and make them de facto voters only comes back to bite us because once they're de facto voter in that Democrat state, they can move to any other state within the union and continuously undermine that state. So governor Abbott's not just hmm, making a good publicity stunt. He's helping our enemies. Now I'd like to believe better of governor Abbott. I'd like to believe better of the government of Texas, I'd like to believe there are some sane people in Austin that are looking at this and are counseling them, hey, you know, we probably ought to not do this anymore. We really ought to think about our options going forward. We have to save Texas. We ought to consider putting Texas first in some of the things we do because you know what? The Texans that are actually here, they care about Texas. The Texans and the Tejanos that fought and died to create this state and then at some point later, foolishly agreed to join the union not once but twice here we are we're being bled dry 
by the very people that we entrusted to protect our state. We entrusted to protect our constitution. We entrusted to protect our families and our communities, and they are doing the exact opposite. Again, we don't have an SB4 that does any good for anybody, in my opinion, and based upon the reporting from the current revolt. And then we get to look at the free shipping provided by our governor. And again, look, I got to say, for the first week or so, it was a fun publicity stunt. Everybody had a good chuckle. But now that we look at a policy that's been in place for months, and they're shipping these people all over the place at our cost, and our long-term cost, and then giving them the ability to vote and determine our future is just plain foolish. I can't think of any other way to look at this, the slow walk, the destruction, not just of Texas, but the entire union, not, not just of the union, but the North American continent as a whole. We are, I mean, literally destroying the culture, the background, the history of these countries. Now, look, nobody's claiming they're perfect. Nobody's saying there weren't mistakes made. Nobody's saying that there aren't things that aren't worthy of being reviewed, but that's not what we're doing. We're not chipping around at the sides. We're not making small changes and improvements. No, we're one has to wonder what exactly would be the motivation to do this, right? The very people that we entrust and take an oath to protect our country, our constitution, right? They're supposed to put forth their sacred honor, their lives, their fortunes, and they've done none of that. In fact, the very people that are running things right now have nothing on the line. They mock people that want to stand for themselves. They mock people that want to defend Texas or perhaps another state they may live in. They make it their point to show you that you're little and you don't matter. Now, Fortunately, it's not every elected official. Fortunately, it's not every bureaucrat. Fortunately, it's not everybody that is in power or government everywhere because, boy, God forbid we get to that. We might as well just reinvent East Germany, right? You had the the best, or if you will, the worst of both flavors of socialism. You had the leftover Nazis that got incorporated into the socialist communist leadership, They tormented and abused those people in East Germany for decades. And seemingly, we, the Americans, didn't quite grasp that. We didn't pay attention. We don't even know. You know, I understand the phrase never again has a specific meaning, right? Especially for a specific group of people. And respectfully, the entirety of these United States, and quite frankly, most of Europe, ought to have in their own minds, never again. Never again are we going to be okay with conversion to tyranny. Never again are we going to be okay with the constant controls. I don't understand where we missed it. There were books written about it. Every kind of dystopia imagined is out there. And our generation, my generation, Generation X, We know better and we still do nothing. The boomers, well, we can't help them anymore. And, you know, the millennials, God help them. How did we not do better with them? How did we not show them the way? How did we not teach them that government is not your friend? It is much like fire. It's useful when in small quantities and directed and controlled. But if you don't keep it under control, it becomes a fearsome beast, right? It'll tear up everything. It'll destroy everything. I know I'm paraphrasing somebody else. That's fine. The idea is some government is necessary. 
I, I know it. I don't like it either, but it's just, it's a known issue. You got to have somebody. Somebody's got to call the shots or be the last call. And for, for those of you folks out there that don't believe in God, I'm never going to be able to convince you otherwise, perhaps, but you yourself must understand that you cannot all be your own God. Somebody has to have a final assay. Now, I want that same somebody or same group of somebodies to have as little say and as little control over my life as possible, but I acknowledge that there has to be somebody there to mediate, somebody there to break up fights, somebody there to come up with fair decisions. But that's not what we have anymore. We literally can't go through our lives without having pretty much everything we do dictated and mutilated by government, some form, some branch, some level of government, and sometimes more than one. But that's where we're at. This slow walk to destruction. It's there. It's everywhere. It's not just in Texas. It's every state. Now, some states are far worse and a few are slightly better than Texas. Now, that should be disturbing and disappointing to you all at the same time, because all I've heard and all I've wanted to believe since I got to Texas is Texas leads. Texas is first. Texas shows the way forward. Well, that's clearly not the case anymore. New Hampshire's got us beat on several fronts. Florida's got us beat on several fronts. Idaho has got us beat on several fronts. And then don't even get me into Alaska on the several fronts they have us beat on. And I wonder, how did we get here? What did we do wrong? We can't blame this solely on the incumbents. They are an issue. We can't blame this solely on the bureaucracy because they clearly are an issue. They cohort together with big business, who is clearly not our friends. You may recall the week before I went off onto winter break or Christmas break or holiday break or whatever it is that you want to call it. I'm a Christian, so it's Christmas break. But I went off on that and I talked about the five principles and I'm reminding people, but the Tea Party folks and the Occupy Wall Street folks, we do agree on several things. The fascist structure that we live under. And that's what it is. Go look up the actual economic definition of fascism, where the corporations and government work together to coerce people and to force them to live under their thumb. I used to believe there was a benign corporate leadership and that they were neutral or at least nominally neutral. They only got involved when it was required. They had to defend their own turf. But that's not the way it works anymore. They figured out that there's more money in manipulating the government and there's more money for both sides of that equation. And then we, the people get stuck. We, the people pay the piper. We, the people lose our voice, lose our ability to act, lose our ability to have any autonomy. Now, I don't believe that each human is a little mini God and they get to do everything that they want and everything that they see fit. But as a general rule, if you just stay out of there, if you just do your own thing and you, I don't know, treat either everybody under the idea of the golden rule, pretty much everything will work itself out. It's funny how that works. Yet we struggle to do that. We can, we can barely get that happening. I don't understand 
how we got to this point. I don't understand why Gen X tolerates it. I kind of get why the boomers do because, hey, (laughs) they're coasting right now. They are. But those millennials, those Gen Y, Gen Z, what, what all those folks that follow us are, I guess Gen Alpha is now a thing, right? You guys got to wake up. We're trying to let you know this is not what we wanted. This is not what we planned for. This is not an expectation. And this is certainly not what our forefathers fought for. But here we are. You still have an opportunity. And that's the most important thing I want to drive home because everything I've said to this point has been negative. It has been not positive relating to Texas in the future, but there is a way forward. It requires that you and I and everybody likes us, like us, excuse me, sets aside the minor differences, sets aside the degrees of difference, sets aside things that don't actually hurt you and work on the things that do matter. Rethink those five principles. Rethink the most basic things and how can we push back and how can we make a difference? That may mean that we need to upend an incumbent or two. That may mean we may need to go into an incumbent and work a deal, strike a bargain. You do these things and you can stay a good guy. We're going to agree to disagree on these things, but if you'll just do these things, we're going to be good. We'll have your back. That may mean that we have to recruit all new people to run for certain offices or to take over certain roles, both in the local governments, the municipal, you know, city, uh, county and um, school districts. That may mean that, but that's not something that happens overnight. That's not something that happens in just a cycle or two. That is a long term investment. If you doubt me, look at what's been going on for the last several decades. The progressives have been on the march forward. They don't care if they take one step or 15 steps as long as they get that one step. Now, some of their people get a little upset and they push and they lean forward and maybe they reach for 12 steps, but then they get pushed back three or four. But they're still nine steps ahead because they're always moving forward. And we have to fight fire with fire. We have to put aside our differences and focus on the battle in front of us. The guy to my right, the guy to my left, if we're on the same team, we want the same basic things. We need to be willing to work together and put aside our differences and make that difference. And the only way we can do that is if we'll sit and we'll talk to each other. If we'll, if we'll set aside our preconceived notions of who's allowed to be on our team and who's actually acting in our best interest and just talk to people, have that conversation, have a meeting of the minds. Everybody everywhere needs to be able to do that. I don't care if you do it at your church or a Lions Club meeting, or if there's still an international order of odd fellows, have it there. If it's, if it's um, the speech group, I can't think of, um, where they teach you to be a masters of ceremonies, right? Any of these organizations, you need to be able to talk to the people next to you. You need to be able to say, what are the things we actually agree on that we can get done? I myself, I want to be left alone. I don't want to be paying rent on a house that I'm paying the bank for the privilege of owning it. That's what those taxes are, by the way. That's the rent you're paying to government. But likewise, I'm not all that enthusiastic of government getting the cut of everything that I earn. 
I'm even less enthusiastic about the fact that government can go in and look at how much money I've saved and then take a portion of that as well. But that's the world we live in. How do we fix these things? Now, that being said, do we want to just kick people to the curb that need help that that are you know, in a bad position that maybe they need to have other options? No, of course not. Nobody wants to do that, but that used to be something that churches would do. That used to be something that mm, community organizations would do. But now, no, we've fed it all off to state and federal government. We've created these organizations that their only existence exists because people need things. And they find more people that they can say need things to justify their existence and to grow their organization. Pretty much every arm of government bureaucracy benefits by finding more people that they can classify being in need in one way, shape, or form. This is where it comes to play. You have to have a culture of independence. Yes, I talked about this before, and it's not going away. If you want to put Texas first, you have to have a culture of independence. We're going to be spending time about that this next year, talking about that. How do we make that happen, and where do we go to find like-minded people? You have to put in the effort. You have to. If we don't act now, if we don't push back now, there's not going to be anything left to defend. The the conservatives have failed to conserve anything. We have to push back. We need those conservatives. We need those moderates, but they need to let us take a turn pushing back and they need to come along for the ride because there's not going to be anything left for any of them if we don't push back and we push back now. Now is the time. We must move forward. If you want to save Texas, if you want Texas to continue to be something special, you have to put Texas first and you have to have a culture of independence. And with that, this has been According to Callus. This has been the first episode back for the new year. And I will see you on the other side.